Welcome back to the first episode of the second season of That's Debatable. I'm your host, Creed Finnefrock, and I'm here with my co-host, Miles Avales. Hey guys, so today we're going to be talking about the war in Afghanistan that has recently come to a close, and more specifically, if America should or should not have stayed in Afghanistan. So just a disclaimer that any opinions discussed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect our own opinions or the opinions of 88.9 The Bridge. Yeah, all we're trying to do is make sure that both sides of the story get seen and we try to present it in a semi-debate. And then we let you as the listener decide at the end what you believe. All right, Miles, you want to start us off? Yep. All right. So one argument for staying in Afghanistan is that there was value in keeping the troops there to stop the country from kind of serving as a launching pad for international terrorism. And so there are still terrorist groups in Afghanistan. There's uh, the group that made the attack on the airport at Kabul uh, called ISIS-K. There's an estimated 1.5 to 2,000 members in that group. And there are still hundreds of members in Al-Qaeda. And so by being on the ground in Afghanistan, even if there's not like thousands upon thousands of troops, even if there's only a few, we can kind of monitor the situation and prevent any future rise in terrorism. Yeah. So that's a really interesting point. Some reasons that people um, are against this is because a lot of these uh, different terrorist organizations are very religiously based. And so they have strong motives to come back because of that. So what happened in 2001 with, you know, the Taliban, uh, you know, can being conceived as defeated, they, many of them disappeared and then came back stronger with their religious beliefs as before and then continued. And so that's been an issue with this uh, as people are looking to say, maybe even if we stay here, there's always going to be people with this sort of idea and it's not necessarily our place to fight against that. And it's just going to keep costing USA and other countries involved more and more over time. And then one of the biggest reasons too, um, on the side saying that we should leave is how much that this war has cost the United States as a whole. It's uh, cost us about $2 trillion and around 2050, we're going to be estimated accruing about $6.5 trillion, um, in costs just from interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to go back to something you said earlier that because like this, a lot of the terrorism is based on like religious beliefs, I would say that, yeah, you're right. And there's probably not a world where we can completely eradicate terrorism. Except I think that what we've been doing the last few years has been beneficial because before we completely pulled out of Afghanistan, we had only 2,500 troops in the country and we were only spending about 1% of the defense budget to continue operating. And we hadn't lost a single soldier within the last year. And so I think uh, those three numbers, that just kind of gives you an idea that there hasn't been an insanely high cost as of late, but uh, that's different than what it's been in the long term before when we had like over 100,000 troops in there. Yeah. And then, you know, another concern with that is the civilians there too, and the amount of people that have been affected and died or injured. Um, there have been over 66,000 Afghan national military and police that have uh, been killed 
there have been over 2,400 U.S. Uh, American service members killed. Uh, there's been over 3,000 U.S. contractors, and there have been over 47,000 Afghan civilians killed and injured. And so the concern with keeping people there and fighting is that it could increase a lot more of these deaths. And, uh, you know, when's it going to stop? That's been the big issue. And so that's one reason people are saying, you know, if we leave, it's going to help prevent some of this. I would say that it could actually be kind of the opposite, that going out of Afghanistan put some of like the American citizens and the people still there at a greater risk. So I'm going to read a quote uh, from a Forbes article pertaining to the situation. It says, a few days after the takeover, the RHIPTO, Norwegian Center for Global Analysis, Analyses, reported that the Taliban have been rounding up people they believe have worked with the previous Afghan administration, NATO, foreign government, and others. They all are at risk of severe punishment at the hands of the Taliban. So I think because American troops left and because like America is kind of out of Afghanistan now that the people still in there are at an even higher risk than before because they have no support now. Yeah. Well, another, another thing with that is how, how we leave. Not many people agree with how we left the country, Um, how we left the country. We left millions and billions of dollars worth of equipment there. We, left a lot of civilians there because we evacuated the military first. So if we had evacuated civilians and then the military equipment and then the military, the people who were able to defend themselves, if we had evacuated that way, it would have been a lot safer for everyone. So in an ideal evacuation, I believe it would have been a lot more beneficial that way. Something Joe Biden said about that was that in a war that's lasted for 20 years, it would be impossible to end it in a way that was any better than how they did. So uh, what he's saying basically is that they did the best they could and that it couldn't have been any cleaner. What do you think about that? Yeah. Um, I've seen a lot of places where people are saying, you know, they were in a very difficult position, but there are a lot of these people who have been high up in the military are saying there are better ways that he could have done it. I mean, Part of it is he's, you know, he's actually pulled out, which is, you know, it's a good thing. And then another part of it is, you know, maybe he didn't necessarily do it the right way, but he still has to defend his decisions. So it's also kind of hard to figure out that way because he had led it that way. So um, many people have disagreed with how he done it, saying that there were better ways to do it, but there's not really a ton of great information on all of that that I've seen so far. So another argument about why we should have stayed in Afghanistan was that, uh, that women and girls will likely lose the rights that they had gained while the Taliban was not in control because the last time the Taliban were in power, uh, women couldn't work, couldn't be educated and they had to cover themselves fully. And they also needed a male escort to be able to leave their homes. So it's definitely not beneficial for them. Yeah, I mean, that one, there's really no way to argue against that. That I mean, we're seeing that happen now, too, um, with what's going on in Afghanistan and from what the Taliban's doing um, to protesters and people who are actually trying to stand up against it. So that one is completely true, I'd say. Um, mm-hmm. and there's, yeah, a, there's not really an argument against that one at all. 
yeah it, it's just kind of like a known fact of the matter of how like what was going to happen and that kind of goes with how we only had 2500 troops in the country and we're spending like 1% of the defense budget and yet just with those things we could prevent a lot of uh the bad stuff that's going to happen now just mm-hmm. spending a little bit of our resources uh has greatly yeah benefited the people that lived there but also if you only have you know 2500 troops it's not a ton of area that you can cover and so maybe you'll have some of the big cities or more popular places under wraps but a lot of the actual towns and villages and other places outside are going to you know still be affected by the taliban and if you also have that few amount of people then maybe the taliban over a long period of time brings in more and more people with them and so then it just becomes an overwhelming amount against 2500 so it in that sense it feels more like it's delaying something yeah i know the taliban uh definitely like you were saying they controlled parts of Afghanistan, even while U.S. was still there. But I think even uh, with like two, just 2,500 troops, we were kind of able to like deter them. And like yeah. you can see that as soon as we left, almost instantly they uh, regained control of the government. I do see what you're saying about how the Taliban could just kind of outnumber our people over time, and that mm-hmm. could be a potential risk. But I think that with having people there, you're also going to have better information. And so you're going to be able to predict something like that and act accordingly. Yeah. And, you know, there is the whole money thing too, because a lot of what's happening with the money is, you know, how much we are now in debt or will be in debt. Um, Again, $6.5 trillion is what we are estimated to have in debt or interest costs at least by 2050. So that whole money issue is another thing. And then if we keep people there, and then also um, recently Russia and China and North Korea uh, have become a lot more bigger issues. And so the U S military is wanting to focus more on them also, instead of, you know, staying in this 20 year war, which, you know, one out of about one out of every four people in the United States has been born between 2001 and 2021. So that's a quarter of the U S population that, you know, has never known a world without an Afghanistan war. And so it's an extremely long war and it's been a lot of difficult things of times where we think we've won or, you know, but then they come back. And so it's, it's just a continuation of that. And then us needing to focus on new, um, new issues also. Well, I wouldn't say, well, yes, technically it, has been a war i'd say recently it hasn't been as much of that because recently we've been focused more on counterterrorism in the region so another problem with america withdrawing from afghanistan is that afghanistan is again becoming a very dangerous place for opposing religions because uh, religious minorities such as hindus uh, christians uh, Sikhs. i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right and other Muslim Sikh. minorities, Sikhs? Yeah. Okay. Well, all those groups are facing a lot of danger and persecution from terrorists, especially. Uh, there was this, there's this terrorist named, I don't know how to say this, but uh, Dash Khorasan. And he's been responsible for the killing of 
308 civilians uh, based on religion. And that's not none of that's to mention that the Taliban itself has been attacking and torturing the Hazara people uh, since like before when they were there last and now as well. Yeah. And that that's just a massive issue um, there and then across the world as well. You know what we've seen in China, too, with how Muslims are being treated in other religions. But um, this is another issue that it's very hard to say there is. You can't really argue against this one either. There's there's an issue of, hey, maybe it's not our job to police the entire world. But then it also brings up the issue that we have some resources to do some of these things. Why don't we? And so it's it's a very difficult issue that um, a lot of people have been kind of working on and trying to figure out how to manage. And uh, yeah, it's it's definitely something that's not good that's going on. And it's very hard to argue against, you know, maybe we should try to help out in some way, but Mm -hmm. um, yeah, still leaving and uh, getting the U S citizens and U S military out is what many people believe to be the right decision in this case. Yeah. And what you were saying about America, not wanting to police the world. I think that's kind of where the pendulum has swung back in recent years. And I think that a lot of people agree that it shouldn't be our job and that it just creates more problems than it's worth. Because you look at like Afghanistan and like the Korean War and a lot of these places that we've interfered with. And when we've left them, they haven't left much more stable than they were previously. Yeah. Especially Vietnam. I mean, that one was a whole another mm-hmm. situation where there was a lot of warnings about doing something like that again. And uh, that's kind of happened a little bit yeah, with this situation. So another point I wanted to bring up is from an article by U.S. Foracle called Opinion U.S. Troops Should Have Stayed in Afghanistan. And I'm going to quote this one section they said. They said that American soldiers volunteered their lives to protect those who were in need of saving both in Afghanistan and, and at home. And Afghan citizens never volunteered their lives to be upended by a 20-year conflict. So as you kind of heard, they're saying that uh, the troops, this is kind of their responsibility to protect people and to risk their lives, but that people in Afghanistan never made such a promise. Yeah, and that's just kind of the unfortunate thing about war is – there's people that are willing to go in and defend. And it's not like these people, most of these people probably did not sign up for the specific reason of fighting in this war. Um, and then it's just one of those things where it happens. And these people in Afghanistan got put into this weird situation where they weren't really given a clean way out and were forced into it. And that's just one of those things that, you know, sadly happens in this world. So it's very difficult issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I think just to kind of end this show off, I'd like to talk about some of the process of leaving uh, Afghanistan and how we did it. And I just thought it would be really interesting for me to kind of show you guys or tell you about uh, some of the stuff that was left in Afghanistan and is currently under the Taliban's control. Um, so Miles, as I said earlier, they have the, 
they had their process where they brought out a lot of the military uh, personnel and, you know, a lot of their uh, equipment, but there was a lot left too. So uh, there were over 3000 Humvees left. There were over 30 transport and gunship helicopters. There were three transport planes, 43 light helicopters, 33 Black Hawk helicopters, 23 light attack planes, 10 light counterinsurgency planes, and then over 20,000 grenades. There were over 7,000 machine guns and over 1,350 grenade launchers left that are now currently uh, available for the Af- uh, the Taliban to use. Um, and a lot of that equipment or some of the other stuff has that was left has been destroyed by grenades or made inoperable by the U.S. military as they were leaving. But a good amount of it is still functional. And the U.S. military has said it has not ruled out the possibility of bombing equipment worth that is worth uh, billions of dollars just to ensure that they don't fall directly into the Taliban's hands. But as we've seen lately, they've uh, been able to equip some of that. And it's kind of like they've been, you know, given an opportunity for these things as sad as as sad as that is. So just to clarify, when you talk about all this equipment, is this the equipment that we left to the Afghan government to fight against the Taliban? Uh, this is just the equipment that was left overall in Afghanistan. Um, some of it was for the Afghan government or some of it was just deserted and left behind. So to add to what Creed was saying, the Taliban actually had a military parade a few weeks ago in the city of Kandahar. And there they showed off American weapons that were captured uh, when the group overtook the Afghan government. And so that included Humvees, multi-purpose trucks, armored vehicles, and some police vehicles. And also there was a video of a Black Hawk that was actually usable and that they flew overhead at the parade. Yeah. And another interesting thing is that there were over 600,000 uh, different weapons for the Afghan army that the U.S. Department of Defense had funded um, between 2004 and 2016, according to a 2017 U.S. Government Accountability Office report. And now because of the Taliban's control over much of the Afghan uh, government, they have access to many of these weapons, um, some of them. Probably a good amount of those weapons have been destroyed or um, become unusable, but they still have access to these other really good weapons. And that's another problem that we have to face now. So that's going to about wrap it up for our show today. You can listen to That's Debatable every Thursday at 7 a.m. as well as on Spotify. Yeah, and we just want to remind you again that these uh, opinions or positions that we're promoting here on the show aren't necessarily the opinions of KMIH 88 and The Bridge or those of uh, us ourselves as people. And all we're trying to do is bring to you uh, evidence from both sides, opinions from both sides, and let you come up with your own decision on what you believe is true. Once again, I'm Creed Finnefrock here with Miles Avalas, and we will see you next week, Thursday, 7 a.m.